You're listening to the second season of the Junior Hereford Show. You're a Hereford enthusiast, or maybe a fellow junior, and you could be that excited individual ready to take on the future of the beef industry. I'm Ralston Rip, your host. Get ready to learn, lead, and achieve. Welcome back to the Junior Hereford Show. And once again, super excited to have you all along with us here today. And we are continuing kind of our break from our normal recording sessions of Where Are You Now with NJHA alumni. And we are back with another oldie episode. And I am stoked to have Miss Libby Rushton with me here today. And Libby, to start off, just go ahead and give a brief introduction of yourself. Yeah, so my name is Libby Rushton and I am currently serving as the communications chair. Um, I am from Waverly, Tennessee, where I was born and raised on our fourth generation family farm. Um, You know, fell in love with the agriculture industry from a young age, started showing cattle when I was about in the third grade, and it's just grown from there. Um, I became involved in the National Junior Hereford Association when I was probably like 10 or 11, and um, I just truly can't imagine my life without this industry. I'm getting ready to end my college career in December of this year. I'm hopefully going to go on to be an agriculture lobbyist for a agriculture entity, um, and super excited to be here and kind of reflect on our time on the junior board. Um, it's been a short but long three years at the same time, um, yeah. and I'm super excited to get to kind of go back some through some of our memories. Yes, and I can't wait to hear just more about your personal story and what you've kind of learned the past three years. But before we do that, I have a couple fun questions for you, (laughs) for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. And the first one is, if you had to choose, what would your spirit animal be? Oh, that's tough. I would probably, this is such a basic answer, but I would probably have to say a dog, but more specifically, my dog. (laughs) You already know what I'm about to say. (laughs) But so anyone who knows me on a personal level knows that my dog Dixie is literally my entire heart and soul. I love this dog more than anything in the entire world. (laughs) But like, so she is a miniature Aussie doodle, if that tells you anything. So the mix of Australian Shepherd and Poodle is a constant state of energy. She is just on 10 all the time she's constantly running around doing something and that's how I feel in my life the majority of the time I'm constantly running around doing something there's never a moment that I am not talking or doing something or so I really feel like she kind of reflects who I am and that's such a cliche thing to say I feel like but I mean truly my dog is a reflection of who I am (laughs) so accurate so accurate I have to agree and so the next fun question I do have another one is if I were to just drop you on a island in the middle of nowhere and you're stranded, what three items would you want to have with you or want to have for survival? Okay, so the real question is, do I have internet? (laughs) (laughs) No internet, no No wires. You're surrounded by salt water, water, salt water, salt water. (laughs) Okay, so I would definitely have to stay my Stanley Cup. As we're making this podcast, I don't have my Stanley Cup with me. And it's like I'm forgetting something so important in my life. I love my Stanley Cup. Um, Probably a good book. I love to read. 
And so if it's a good enough book that I can bring with me on this deserted island, I could read it over and over and over and never get bored with it. Um, and the last one would probably be a blanket. Um, I could take a nap literally anywhere. but on a I can't, hot beach? Yeah, girl. <laughs> but I can't take a nap without a blanket. That That's just like a okay. weird thing of mine. I, I can't go to sleep without something like covering me up. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That was good. That was very you. That was very <laughs> genuine. That was very Libby. Good insight to who she is just as a sweet, sweet, outgoing person. So, okay. So back to kind of on topic and focusing here and on your story to being a junior board member, I just want to start from the beginning. You know, when was kind of that moment or the aha, the light bulb moment of, okay, I'm running for the junior board. Yeah, so as I said earlier, I didn't begin showing cattle until I was probably in the third grade. So I was, I guess I was probably eight or nine years old, and neither one of my parents had ever shown cattle growing up. Um, we had a small commercial herd at our farm, but nothing nothing ever too big. And so my dad came to my sister and I and asked if we wanted to show cattle, and you know, we both said yes. So it took us a couple years to get into it, but we went to a sale in Tennessee and bought a Hereford heifer. It was the cheapest thing in the sale. I, I literally think it was probably five hundred dollars. <laughs> it was it was five hundred dollars, which then again, this was like two thousand nine. So things were a little different back then. But um, so my sister and I, we traveled around to some local state or some local fairs and got to show that heifer and. Um, at the time, it really was kind of my sister's thing. I was just there to be social and go to the pool at the hotel later that night. <laughs> but lucky enough for me, she fell in love with the Hereford heifer that we got. And so it all just kind of went from there. My first junior nationals ever was actually in 2012. So it was in Grand Island, Nebraska. And my sister and I were the only two exhibitors from the state of Tennessee. So that was super interesting because we had no idea what to expect. We were in a totally new dynamic than what we'd ever seen before. But I just remember my sister not being so excited for what was to come that week. And it was just so awesome to meet people while we were there. And I remember showing throughout that week and seeing all of the older kids in the maroon coats. And I, at that time, I didn't, I didn't know what they were. I didn't know who they were, but I just could see the way they carried themselves and that they were set apart from everyone else. Yeah. And the things that they did were important. And I remember saying to myself that I want to be one of them. Like I said before, I, I didn't know who they were or what they were, but I just knew that I wanted to be one of them when I got older. And sure enough, as I stayed involved in the um, National Junior Hereford Association, I began to see more and more of what those junior board members did and how important they were to our industry. Um, and so, you know, whenever I turned 18, it was the year COVID, I just graduated high school. Um, I knew it was my opportunity to run. And although it was scary, especially being the year of COVID, I knew that it was an opportunity I didn't want to miss out on. And here we are three years later, and I'm definitely glad that I took that opportunity. Yeah, here we are. And I'm glad that you took that <laughs> opportunity. Because uh, I definitely, we wouldn't be here, be sitting here today at all. And um, I love that it was in Nebraska, of course, <laughs> being a fellow Cornhusker here and having you in the state of Nebraska. But I think, you know, it's, I, I just love thinking about those moments and those times that like, you're like, oh my gosh, this is what I know. Mm -hmm. 
And so moving kind of forward with that, you kind of already got into it a little bit. It was a year of COVID, right? There's a lot of unknowns. We are already in like new territory plus getting out of our comfort zones just Mm -hmm. to begin with. And what was kind of your approach with running for the board or um, kind of the steps you took to prepare yourself or just go through the experience? Yeah. So like I said, it was the year of COVID. So I, COVID actually happened my senior year of high school. So I went from a time in my life where I constantly had something to do, constantly, um, you know, had things on my plate to just absolutely nothing. And that was something that I really struggled with, you know, um, as a person that likes to keep herself busy. I struggled with there being absolutely nothing to do. And so, you know, it was the time in it was the time in everyone's lives when we were just sitting at the house and um, I talked to my parents about wanting to run and they had encouraged me that they thought it would be great. I talked to other junior board members that, um, you know, encouraged me to run. And like I said, although it was scary, I knew it was an opportunity that I might not have again. So, you know, I began as soon as I decided to take the step to apply to be an NJHA board member and start this process. Um, I really started from the ground up. You know, I had experience in the Hereford industry from a young age. I knew lots of people. I knew lots of things about the braid. But I really just wanted to immerse myself in knowledge of the industry, knowledge of the braid, knowledge of the people in it. So one thing that I found myself doing a lot was on the Hereford.org website. Mm -hmm. I would just be clicking random things, random tabs, and just be reading all of the things that, you know, we're on the Hereford Association website because I knew that that stuff was important. So that was a big thing for me. And also, you know, whenever we were able to know who the delegates are for that year, just going ahead and making that initial connection Mm -hmm. and reaching out to those people, telling them, you know, if you have any questions, I'd love to talk to you. And I had lots of great conversations even before we got to junior Mm -hmm. nationals. Um, And, you know, just looking back on that experience, it was all of the little steps throughout my time in the NJHA that led me to that point yes a lot of the prep work did come right after I finally made the definite decision that I was going to run but I think back to my first faces of leadership all Mm -hmm. the people I met I think about for that matter every faces of leadership I went to you know I met so many people and learned so much about not just the Hereford breed but other parts of this industry that you know, helped me be able to navigate the process of running for the board, just the experience that I gained through that. And also just experience that I've gained throughout, you know, other leadership um, opportunities that I've been given throughout my youth. But um, I know that all of my time in the NJHA and all of the opportunities that I was given has led me to this point and um, led me to ultimately be successful in running for the junior board. And so I highly encourage anyone listening, if you are considering running for the junior board in the future, go ahead and start taking those opportunities. You know, go ahead and attend the Faces of Leadership Conference. Apply for BOLD. Um, do all of the things that can set you up for success in the future because you never know how big of an impact it might make. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are very wise words and I couldn't have summed it up any better. And what I love about you, Libby, and getting to know you is you are like so passionate about whatever you do, whatever you do, it is like 110% effort and just personality in all of it. And I just love it. Like, it's just so inspiring and it's so fun. 
and it's always you always do it with a big smile on your face like no matter what and it just makes everyone else smile in the room and I'm certainly grateful that we got those jackets three years ago and I've gotten this time together and uh, that kind of leads into our next fun topic and talking about your moments on the board and what has been some of your favorite moments and times or core memories that you're going to take away from this experience? Whew, I don't even I don't even know where to start on this one. Um, lots of lots of places. Yeah, there, I mean, there there's literally so ma- many places that I can go with this question because um, I made the comment a little earlier whenever we were talking about recording this podcast that we've done so much in these three years that I can't even remember what I've done oh, yeah. in these past three years. Oh, yeah. Um, a few of the big moments that come to mind is just, um, well, mainly this, this will forever just be burned into my memories is this year at Faces of Leadership. So, um, for those of you that might not know, the board members get to Faces of Leadership a couple days early. So that way we can, you know, prepare for, um, everyone getting there. We can go over some of our leadership workshops, um, just so we can all be in the right mindset whenever all of those juniors do come into town. Well, so this year we were in Montana and we drove to Wyoming to Ned and Jan Ward's operation. And it was one of the most beautiful operations I've ever seen. Like it was just amazing. I was so in awe of everything I saw. Yeah. Well, so we had a couple rental cars because there was quite (laughs) a few of us and we were driving. There was uh, there was probably six of us in the minivan rental vehicle. Yes. There was probably six of us. We were all piled in there. And we were going down some of the, the you know, trails through some of the fields that they had. And we're going down a hill, and Chloe is driving. And she goes, our tire's on 10. Uh, our tire's on zero. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, like, that quick. We were like, what just happened? And so sure enough, we get out. We, we had to make it down the hill first, but we, we got out of the vehicle, out of the rental car and we get out. And I mean, the tire has absolutely zero air in it. It is just busted to the rim. Oh, it, it's just on the ground. And so we're like, well, now what? So, you know, we all, we all caught up with the rest of the group. They had, uh, one of their pickups come pick us up. And later that night, you know, we had to drive back to Montana. We were in, um, Northern Wyoming at the time. And we tried to put, I I can't remember. We tried to put the, it was like a Jeep or something. Yes. So they, for some reason, the minivan didn't have a spare or the spare didn't work. So we had to get a a spare tire off the other rental vehicle, which was a size too big. (laughs) Um, But it worked. So, you know, just thinking back to that night, just, I've always been the type of person that, Like, I I hate for things to go wrong. I can't stand for things to go wrong. But I look back to that night or that day and, like, all of the things that went wrong, but it ended up being some of my very favorite memories. Um, Faces especially has always stuck out in my mind while I've been on the junior board. I had two awesome faces while I've been on the board. And that was really just a time for us as junior board members to really connect with each other, especially because after a new group of board members comes on, that's your first kind of – immersion into the junior board and what all it entails and so that's just been an awesome opportunity to get to know our new board members every single year and just an opportunity to catch up you know junior nationals is such a busy week for us 
and we have so much going on that we don't get a chance to just sit down and talk and enjoy each other's presence because mm-hmm. we only get to see each other, you know, a couple times a year. So it's always nice for us to just be able to, you know, sit down a couple days before all the craziness of faces and just um, get to really connect with each other. And uh, that truly is some of my best memories while I've been on the junior board is um, just getting to connect with those that I have served with. Yeah, those are two great memories. And, um, you know, I think with the first one when we were in Montana there with just like (laughs) some situations where things were going wrong and how to like approach them, it was like, it was a great memory now, but it was also like a really good learning experience in the instance because we had to, we had to stay calm, you know, figure out a solution when maybe not quite the right one fit and, uh, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to been in that type of situation with anyone else because it was know. just, you know, everyone was so kind and supportive and figuring out ways to make it work. And- well, and it was also interesting seeing the way that all of the other board members handled, yeah, like, a difficult situation like that because, I mean, we've, we've been put in difficult situations before, but, like, some of us were just, like, laughing it off. We were just <laughs> like, okay, like, this is fun. And some of us were like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Like, How are we going to get back? <laughs> I mean, some of us were ready to start walking. We were we were just gonna walk and catch up with the rest of the group. But just you know, um, getting getting to connect in that way, and just like I said, that is one of my absolute favorite memories, and will be for the rest of my life. Just because it was so funny in the moment, or it, it wasn't super funny in the moment, but it's super funny now. So um, yeah, just I that moment specifically just really sticks out to me. I think the coolest thing too is like that that moment is going to mean so much and that it wasn't a glamorous and like planned out one at all you know it was one of like those like we're stopping and smelling the roses and then a thorn came along (laughs) you know like one of those kind of moments and uh yeah that was just yeah for sure I love that I I honestly I didn't forget about it but nobody had said it yet and I was like oh I love it Okay, awesome. So another question I have, kind of a fun one too, and we're going to talk about some more moments too, but maybe what was something when you got on the junior board that you found surprising, whether it was about the board itself or was it something surprising that maybe you learned about yourself? Um, I feel like I can kind of go two different routes, routes with this, but so a big thing that I knew was part of the board experience and being on the junior board was just all the connections that you have to make with adult breeders. Um, that was something that, you know, I'd heard other board members talk about, but didn't really know the extent of it, but it has become one of my favorite things Mm -hmm. throughout this board experience, because one of my favorite events is going to our annual meeting in Kansas city and, you know, getting to hear, all of the breeders from across the country and the things that they're struggling with, the things that they're doing well, just getting to know more about the industry, but also just kind of those in-between sessions when we get to just, you know, stand outside in the hallways and talk to different breeders around the country and, um, you know, get to hear their stories and hear more about what they're doing to grow their operation. That's just been something that I've loved to see and has grown my passion for this breed even more. Just, I've always been the type of person to say, you know, I love this breed, but even more than this breed, I love the people in it. Mm -hmm. And being on the junior board has opened me up to a whole new spectrum of people that 
I had never had the opportunity to meet. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, although my time on the junior board is coming to an end, those relationships that I've built are something that I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. And being on the junior board, something that I've learned about myself is my love for facilitating. Yeah. Uh, Like, especially workshops. That's something that I've never had the opportunity to do in the past. Um, But, you know, working with people like Kelly Barnes and Cheryl Mitchell and getting ready for, you know, some of these leadership conference that conferences that we put on. Um, I didn't realize how much I loved it and it still is a work in progress at times, but, um, I've learned so many skills that have helped me, you know, even on my college campus Mm -hmm. and different leadership positions, although I may not be facilitating a whole workshop for them, just knowing how to, you know, bring out conversations in Mm -hmm. certain situations and, you know, get people talking, um, getting them to be honest with each other, getting them to be honest with themselves. That is something that I've learned through the junior board and facilitating those workshops is just, you know, some people skills that you might not always learn by just, you know, simply talking to people and simply being in those situations. But um, it's something that I know that I, that I will use for the rest of my life, no matter what industry I fall into or what job that I may hold. I know that those skills that I've learned through facilitating are so important um, that I've already used in my life and that I know that I'll continue to use. And you're so good at it, Libby. I know the first year at board, Libby and I got to facilitate a um, emotional maturity workshop together. And neither one of us knew exactly what emotional maturity was when Mm -hmm. we had kind of talked about the topic. And uh, I know that you and I had a lot of Zoom calls and phone calls and text messages about it. And I wouldn't have like it was it was just so much fun to do that kind of first experience with you and just honestly see your heart shine throughout it all. And it was it was a lot of fun and you're definitely good at it. And I can't wait to see what you do with it moving forward, already knowing that you've done a lot with it. Well, it was so much fun with you, too, because I feel like that me and you are two people that like definitely build off of each other. I remember a conversation we had before we did our like leadership workshop. We were both like, okay, we have these notes in front of us, but we're not going to remember any of them. (laughs) We're just going to look at them from time to time and whatever happens, happens. But I remember at the end of that, just I was on cloud nine, just going off of, you know, what we had taught those taught those juniors who participated I just had so much fun doing that with you mm-hmm. and getting to, um, you know, experience that and bounce ideas off of each other. I feel like that was a really growing point for yeah. for oh, us yes. two in our personal relationship. Um, that was that was a really big moment in you know realizing my my love for facilitating. Yeah, a big growth moment for sure. And I know that like you talk about being on cloud nine after it, and what was even so moving is as that week went on, or I specifically remember at the dance. So our workshop kind of talked about like being emotional, mature enough to like take chances and be goofy mm-hmm. and awkward. And at the dance, you know, it was kind of awkward because there's only like 27 <laughs> of us. And here are some individuals that are super quiet throughout the week. And then all of a sudden like start busting a move and doing a worm. And they're like, we're just, we're getting out of our comfort zone. We're being oh, big. Yeah. We're being awkward. And I was like, Libby. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but no, so fun. So cool. I love that surprise. Um, Another, I just kind of want to hear, you know, more about some of those pivotal moments or life lessons that you've had while being on the board. 
Whew, there's there's definitely a lot of places that I could go with this too. Um, and which actually, I, I want to start one of my main life lessons. It was actually, so um, I actually ran for national queen before yes. I ran for the board. And um, that, that was a, a very great stepping stone for me because it was a time where I was able to learn more about the industry. Um, and that led me into you know, already having that previous knowledge whenever I decided to run for the board. But I remember when I was running for queen, um, it was in Denver. Junior Nationals was in Denver that year. And we, I was getting ready for one of the things that we had to do, you know, had my crown on, had my sash on, and I was in the bathroom. And there was this little girl standing behind me. And she just like looked up at me with the biggest smile on her face because I had that crown on my head. And I got to talking to her and she uh, her mom told me that she was just mesmerized at the fact that, you know, I had a crown on my head and a sash across my body. And that was just so funny to me. And I remember having a conversation with my mom later about like, you know, how someone's always watching you, especially mm-hmm. those younger junior members. And whenever I, you know, got my position on the board, that just carried over into a different aspect. Yes. And there have been so many instances where I've had the opportunity to connect with junior members and just knowing that, you know, they're watching me all the time, mm-hmm. it it makes you carry yourself a little different. I, I know yeah. that you understand what I'm talking about whenever I say that because you do know someone's watching you all the time and you want to make sure that, you know, you are, you're being a mentor to them, that you mm-hmm. are being a good example for them. Um, and it's something that I know I've taught, I know I've said this a lot. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but that I've carried back already to, you know, my leadership positions at college and, um, just different situations throughout my life that I know that someone's always watching Mm -hmm. and you always want to make that impact on someone that's positive. Um, even when you are having a bad day or you might be struggling with stuff, you, you always want to put on a smiling face for those Mm -hmm. around you. And I'm not saying that, you know, whenever you are having a bad day, you need to hide that from people because I'm, I've always been really big about being honest with people, even when you are struggling, but, um, you know, just always being joyful, always being positive, um, showing those junior members what they're capable of. That's, that's one of the biggest life lessons I've learned. Um, and I know that, you know, that it can be a scary thought at times, with someone always watching you. But um, I know that it's so important to, you know, be a mentor to those younger members. Yeah. I think the coolest part about that point too, or like the most impactful is, you know, you talk about you aspired to wear the moon jacket because of those people you looked up Mm -hmm. to. And now it's, you're in that position that, you know, you never know when you just standing right there could be a pivotal moment for Mm -hmm. another junior. So it's like, okay, yes, how can we be that smiling face and that just friend, honestly, at the end of the day to exactly. push them to be better too. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I we've always talked about at the end of the seven days of junior nationals, you know, at that big own show day, the big finale, you're tired, your feet hurt, <laughs> like you just want to be in bed. But still yet, there there is juniors that have traveled tens of hours, 30 hours sometimes just mm-hmm. to get to that ring. And you're like, okay, this may be their first time going in the ring. Like we got to figure out how to make it, make it impactful, right? Whether they're first or last or middle, you know, however we make them feel is what they're going to remember the most. Exactly. But no, well, I love that. And sincerely, just your light shines when you talk about it. And I can tell that you love it. And um, 
another question I have too is what have you kind of found as a challenge these last three years that you've had to face and how have you maybe used how you've grown or what you learned to face that challenge? I feel like a big challenge has been, you know, just balancing everything. And a big part of that has just been, um, you know, because I did run for the board right out of high school. Um, that first college experience for me was also still the time in my life when I was getting accustomed to the board. So that, that was really interesting. And, you know, um, I know so many of our junior members are involved in so many things. So just kind of learning that balance was a little difficult at first, but I will say, you know, we're so blessed as a junior board to have, you know, wonderful advisors and other board members who, you know, can, can help us work through that. I've, I've never felt like I had to choose something over the next, um, I've always been able to, you know, go and give my whole heart to every board event that I'm at. But also, you know, whenever I'm at home, still be super involved. And although it was a challenge and a learning experience at first, I feel like it has made me into a better person. Just learning those time management skills and being able to balance all of the things at once. Uh, I definitely feel like I can do that a lot better now after the end of my three years with all of the things that I have going on and getting ready to graduate and getting ready to uh, hold a job. I know that I have learned the skill of being able to balance all the different things in your life. Yes. And you are a busy gal too. (laughs) So we definitely know how important that is. And just to prioritize and figure out what you're going to do first, second and third. Right. So with that, you know, we talked about your aha moment, your experiences and what you've learned on the board and, I kind of want to go back to, you know, that night of getting the maroon jacket and giving kind of your final speech and voting happening. You know, what were you thinking at the end of that week or um, even, you know, all the times of roundtables and uh, the first candidate speech and kind of the finale? What were where was kind of your heart and your head at? Of What were you thinking about that experience and that moment that you kind of thought could have been ahead, but could have not have been, too? to think back on my thoughts it's it's all a little bit of a blur because it was just such a busy time but I remember getting ready to go to junior nationals that week and I had written my speech that I was gonna say and I had it all in my head I would be down rinsing heifers at the end of the night and I'd be repeating that speech in my head (laughs) over and over and over and over and I would make my friends at, you know, whenever we'd hang out throughout the week, I'd be like, hey, listen to my speech real quick. They didn't want to listen to it, but I, I made them anyways. Um, you know, just like doing it in front of my mom and dad, my older sister, whoever would listen. I wanted to do that speech in front of them because I just wanted to be so prepared. Um, you know, on the way there, I remember thinking about I, I was trying to plan the conversations I was going to have with the delegates in my mm-hmm. head because I was so stressed about, you know, what what if I forget what to say? What if I can't start a conversation with them? But whenever I actually got there and started talking to those delegates, it, it all just came so easily. Just because I had to realize that, you know, running for the junior board is not supposed to be something that's staged. And it's not yeah. supposed to be something that, you know, where you do plan your conversations beforehand. 
I really had to kind of have a perspective shift and realize that, you know, this is my time to meet other junior members. Whether I get a maroon jacket at the end of this or not, I want to come out of this with so many more relationships than when I first started this week. And I can truly say I achieved that because there are so many delegates that I didn't know before the end of that week that are now some of my best friends. I mean, I can think specifically Tor, (laughs) who is now on the junior board with me, has become some of my best friends. I did not know him. I did not even know his name probably before that week. And I remember he was one of the delegates that I was scared to death. Oh my God. To go talk to. Like, I remember like trying to like hype myself up so much to go talk to Tartut. And now just like think back to that, that he's one of my best friends just blows my mind. But, um, you know, we went through those delegate round tables. Um, or I guess it wasn't round tables that year because of COVID. It was the questions asked in front of everyone yes. on the, on the stage. Um, you know, I remember ending that night and being so proud of myself and, you know, how much I'd studied, how much I'd prepared for that. Um, I was so proud of myself. And then at the end of the week, whenever I gave my speech, I remember being so proud of myself. I actually remembered all of the things I had practiced. Um, And then I was sitting in the maroon jacket ceremony that night. Um, You know, I was sitting beside my mom and my dad and my older sister. And I remember just bowing my head and saying a quick prayer and saying, you know, God, if this is if this is what your plan is for me, then I trust that it'll happen. Yeah. Um, and after I received my maroon jacket that night, I just it was a feeling like no other. I was getting hugs from people that I I had never even seen before. <laughs> um, so just, you know, all of the people that got me to that night. All of the experiences, like I talked about earlier, got me to that point. My Hereford family, my Tennessee Hereford family got me to that point. And it was a feeling like no other. And as I went back to my hotel, that room that night, still on cloud nine, I remember praying, you know, God, in these next three years, just use me in this position, however you would see fit. You know, I, and that has been my goal throughout these three years is just to, you know, show my personality, show my love for others, show my love for this industry um, throughout every second of it. And you've definitely done just (laughs) that. And it's been so much fun, kind of honestly, the last three weeks to like reflect back on that time. And we all think back at like the awkward first newbie photo we took, you know, (laughs) and now we historically take that picture like whenever we're together. And uh, it's it's wild to think back of the time when you know yeah we prayed for what was to come ahead Mm -hmm. and now having experienced that and to look back of if only the newbies then would have known what (laughs) what they'd experience and how close they'd grow to be if I could go back and talk to Libby the night that she got her maroon jacket I don't think she'd believe like all of the stories I would tell her (laughs) I don't think she'd believe it Yeah, I don't think we've ever could have imagined, you know, the times ahead or the people we'd meet and the places Mm -hmm. we'd go and just the growth that would happen sincerely and the leadership and the skills and the opportunity to be a part of something much bigger than ourselves, Mm -hmm. much bigger than ourselves. And so, yeah, sincerely, just a dream come true moment and a hot time. I don't know. I want to talk about you guys. Oh. I might get emotional. I may start crying. Um, yeah. um, I feel like for me, you know, thinking back to that night, she, 
I didn't realize how much the people that, you know, I got elected with would make an impact on me. And like I said, like, this makes me so emotional because I didn't realize it at the time. But the relationships that especially the four of us have grown over the past three years has just been something that I could never imagine because I remember watching groups before me and you know they give their retiring addresses and they all hug and I was like oh that's that's just such a sweet relationship I know that they you know that they mean so much to each other but I didn't realize how much I could love a group of people that I had never even known before that specific moment and I remember especially at the very beginning of our three years I mean JW would just call all <laughs> like me you and Lauren yeah. at just these random times and we would have an hour two hour phone conversations about absolutely nothing yeah about just our lives yep. and you know those those were relationships that I'd had before but never in this way mm-hmm And I just, you know, as we all do kind of start the next stage of our lives, um, I just know that, you know, you guys, these friendships are going to mean so much to me in the future. And they're, they're going to be the ones that I tell my kids about one day. They're going to be the, you know, hopefully, you know, when my kids are at their junior nationals one day, I'm like, Hey, you know, I served on the junior board and I had three amazing people with me and, you know, just, Knowing that throughout our lives, we're always going to have that special connection um, is just something so, so special to me. And that just now looking back, I can't imagine my life without you guys. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> sitting here soaking in the moment and knowing that it's so, so true. It's like, you know, it's it, I it's I can't think of the exact saying, but just like the thought of, you know, we don't know the people we need in our lives, but God certainly did. Like we all got elected for a reason there three years ago. And, uh, I know for certain, like the random phone calls between us all aren't going to stop no matter where we are in life. And, um, you know, we, we just talk about the times ahead of the reunions and the support that we have for one another. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much time's ever going to pass, like we can always pick up, pick up where we left off. And I think that's, what's so special. And, uh, we're all similar and super competitive, but we're so supportive of mm-hmm. one another and we embrace each other's strengths and weaknesses and work together as a true team. I mean, even just in the past couple of weeks or so, you know, we're all going, going through some big life changes. I mean, Ralston, you just got engaged a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> JW decided where he was going to vet school, just, you know, keeping each other yeah. updated on those yeah. huge life moments. Um, it's just a special relationship that we have that, no matter how many miles are between us that, you know, we, we have a special place for each other in our hearts. I really do believe. Yeah, no, I, I'm just going to soak it all in and just embrace the moment. Cause I certainly know it's true. And I love all you guys so much. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this oldie gang too. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to call us oldie gang, but our gang, you know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just our people. They're my people. Yes. Well, Libby, I have a couple final questions for you. And one of them being one that I've kind of asked everyone that I've hosted on the podcast. And whether you know it's coming or not, you might. But um, what is your perspective and your opinion of how you would define success? I feel like 
my definition of success is finding yourself at a place in life that truly makes you happy. That's that's always been a big thing that I have looked for and truly sought out through my life is situations that I cannot only be happy in because the truth of the matter is that happiness isn't going to be there all the time. Happiness yeah. is a fleeting feeling, but a sense of joy all the time mm-hmm. in what you're doing. And, um, you know, at Bold, Kelsey said something that just really stuck with me that was be where your feet are. Yeah. And whenever she said that, it, it kind of took me back for a minute because, you know, um, you know, I, I do want to focus on being joyful and being happy wherever I am. But sometimes something that I struggle with is thinking too far into the future. You know, I'll, I'll be sitting here tonight and I'll be worried about what I have to do tomorrow. What I have to do next week? What I have to do next year? Um, but, you know, just taking a step back and just being where you truly are and being happy in that and whatever decisions you make, whatever you decide to do, being at peace with those decisions yeah. and knowing that, you know, you're doing them for a reason. And like I said, just ultimately being happy with what you're doing. Um, that is true success in my mind. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I love getting to hear all the unique perspectives of success. And um, there really is a common theme at times of happiness and mm-hmm. feeling it's how you feel more than what you mm-hmm. can do or what you can gather. And um, I just appreciate you sharing and certainly I'm grateful to hear it. And Libby, with that, I would love to give you a couple minutes to round out with any stories, advice, wisdom, or um, just words of encouragement that you would like to share with our listeners. Um, so my biggest piece of advice is definitely don't miss out on any chance that you're given. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get a little deep here for a second. Um, this is a story that I share in a lot of situations um, because it, it has been such an impactful moment in my life. But, you know, um, for for those of you that know me, um, whenever I was 11 years old or so, I had a pretty scary situation where um, I realized that um, for lack of a better term, I have uh, something with my heart that we didn't know that I had before. I was getting ready for a volleyball practice one night. It was kind of random, but um, my heart started beating just extremely fast, and I didn't know what was going on in that moment. I went to my mom. I told her, like, something didn't feel right and um, went to the hospital that night. My heart rate was 230 beats a minute. And for a child that age, it should be 60. So that was an extremely scary moment in my life. And I remember laying in the hospital bed that night and, um, you know, truly not knowing if I was going to survive. Yeah. And that, that's, such, that's such a deep thing to say. But I, in that moment, I truly didn't. We didn't know what was going on. Um, you know, ended up getting fixed later. We, we found out what was going on. Um, it was able to be fixed through a surgery. But... I just think back to that moment and that pivotal point in my life and remembering the the scared feeling of not knowing what was to come. And I told myself after that night that I was never going to miss out on another opportunity because tomorrow is not promised to yeah. any single one of us. Yeah. Um, and so just, you know, knowing that the opportunity that you're given today might not be there tomorrow. Yep. Don't be afraid to take those chances. Don't be afraid to take that first step towards your goals. 
um, just really live in the moment, be present where you are, but don't be afraid of any chance that you're given because life can be scary. Like, I I mean, I know thinking about graduating college and (laughs) at the end of this year is so scary to me, but not being scared of what's to come living in today, but also not missing out on the chances you've been given. That's, that's the biggest piece of advice that I can give anyone that I come into contact with is just, um, you know, just be where you are. Be where you are and take chances. Libby, I am so grateful you are here. I am so grateful to have gotten to know you over the last three years, to grow with you, to know that I can always count on you and call on you as a dear friend and supporter. I just, I can't thank you enough. And I'm just so grateful and appreciate all that you are and all that you've given to our association and as a national board director. So Thank you so much. And Libby Rushton, our, to our listeners, your 2023 NJHA Communications Chair. And we will see you next at the Mad Dash to the Hereford Bash in Madison, Wisconsin, this July. And hope to also see you next time on the Junior Hereford Show. <laughs>